and welcome back to Ian Hates Conversations. I'm Ian, and it's quick intro time because we've got a lot to get to. My special guests on this episode are lead vocalists Tyler and Chase of Saving Vice. Their new EP, Colder Than Dark, came out very recently, and there's a ton of news to get to, so let's get to it. To get you started, here's their single, Exhale. Enjoy.
And I am back and on the phone right now. I am very happy because I have Tyler and Chase of Saving Vice. Tyler, Chase, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's been, been a good week. Yeah. I mean, you guys have been doing a ton and we talked a little bit off air about this. Today, even though this isn't you know technically a live interview where everything comes out right away, today is the day that you guys announced you're going to be on iMatterFest, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That is very cool. So when you guys have to do something like that as an independent band, what goes into, you know, negotiating getting on a very cool festival like that? Well, it, so <laughs> with this one in particular, it was a combination of a couple things. Okay. Um, I think like a lot of our opportunities that have presented themselves to us as 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 young as ridiculously young as we are right um it it was kind of like we our manager is kind of working with iMatter this year so that was kind of like how our name kind of popped up but um i think it was just really a matter of just like having a solid background of like a resume of just kind of what we've been doing in our little time that we've been doing it. Right. And whatever, I guess, whatever hype there was that. Yeah, exactly. Could, could not just like any band. On. Yeah. So like, like they, yeah. Just, they acknowledge that our music it can be reaching a lot of genres and a lot of different people. Yeah. I don't think that, um, if I, you know, if I thought that we were put on it just because someone knew someone, I probably wouldn't have wanted to do it because I would have been like nervous that like, you know, that can blow up in your face. You know what I right. mean? If you're not ready for something, doing it just because you can is pretty stupid in my opinion. So, you know, I feel like that could hurt you more than anything. Right. But uh, yeah, it was like, I think this one, it was just a combination of, it was just the right, it was just right, right, right place, right people, right time right music you know it was a good time for us you know we were if this had came up last year this time i would have been like guys like we're not ready for that you know what i mean like exactly the fact that definitely makes it a little bit easier to approach and it makes us a lot happier going into it right i mean you guys have been touring with some pretty popular bands and then now you're on this not only we're going to talk about warp tour in a little bit but on this i matter fest you're going to be playing on i'm assuming either a stage next to or on the same stage i'm not sure how they're going to have it set up but it's, it's the same stage yeah yeah this year uh, yeah we're going to be on main stage wow so same stage as under oath i mean that's got to mean something to you guys absolutely uh, everybody in the band loves them yeah i mean i i i don't i, don't, I have an under oath tattoo on my arm so it's like yeah <laughs> that's that was the that you know, that was like the you know everyone had every band. I feel like every guy in this genre has that one band that got them into 
screaming music. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but uh, yeah, I mean, that Under Oath's been like my all time favorite band, you know, since like 2004. Very so, nice. I mean, that, yeah, it's, so that's, and that was like, a, you know, I would say if playing with a band was on my bucket list, Under Oath was definitely there. And I, even after, even when I was in my old band, when we were, co- you know, when we were coming up, even, and then even after when we broke up and then Under Oath broke up, mm-hmm. you know, that was a pipe dream for, you know, there were so many reasons I thought I would never, that would never even be a thing that was going to ever happen to me ever. So getting that opportunity is like, mind-blowing for a lot of different reasons not just because like i'm a huge fan but like the the stars aligning to for that to have happened with all the factors involved is pretty crazy in my eyes so now with this being such a big stage you know in front of a lot of people i mean people might not know this festival in general but it's actually free and the only thing that you have to do is pay for parking it's in new york state and there's just a ton of really awesome bands, actually bands, at least one that has been on this show before as well. So this tour, or sorry, I should say this festival is going to be really cool. Is there anything you guys are doing specifically to prepare differently for something like this? Honestly, I feel like the best way to prepare for this show that I could ever imagine would be playing Warped Tour. Yeah. So um, beyond our regular practice, I feel like that's the best warm up, honestly. I think it's going to get us ready and like in our prime. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that uh, as far as preparing for, yeah, I'd say warp tour is definitely like a good practice. I mean, the stage is much smaller and I mean, obviously warp tour, you know, the, the, the crowd that we may or may not draw is going to be dependent on kind of who's walking by and then who's there to see us and who wants to check us out where, you know, we're going to be kind of just put in front of a crowd here um, at this festival. Mm-hmm. But, given time. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, for us, or at least me specifically, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, like, the only thing that really I ever worry about at a show is technical difficulties. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, literally, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm going to practice to make sure that like, you know, I'm not losing my voice. And you know, we all sound good. And we all sound tight. But like, we always are like ready for a show. Right. You know, for me, it's like, as long as everything nothing breaks or like does it work that's like always my only fear like because it's the only thing that's ever gone wrong for us live ever. very true yeah absolutely and, i wasn't thinking about that till now <laughs> yeah. so, and, and to be honest like i we we thrive off energy and like mm-hmm. off like i like the bigger the crowd the less nervous i am oh okay. like you put me you put me in front of ten thousand people I'm gonna, I'm gonna like live it up. It's like way scarier when there's two people in the crowd <laughs> when there's like, and and one of the first times I was ever brought on stage was I actually got pulled on stage by a really big band I used to know at a big festival. So that was one of my first times ever on a stage. Wow. So like I was already used to that. Like I, it, it kind of, you kind of so much, and the crowd is already so hype and there's so much energy. It's like you don't have to like get them excited. And that's so it's way it was like there's a smaller crowd. It's like on you to get these people moving or off their feet. And like, you know, it's like the energy's already there. Right. You're already on the stage. So it's almost set up for you. I feel like, you know, the bigger the crowd, the easier it is, at least in my opinion. Well, besides technical difficulties, when you're doing now warp tour and you're gonna do I Matter, when they're outdoors, being both the lead vocalists of Saving Vice, do you have to do anything different for your vocals? In my experience, uh, no, really, we haven't run into any different problems to, um, 
on whether our outside stage or an inside stage. We've played a, a couple outside festivals before, and so far it's gone off that hedge. Very yeah, nice. I can't. I didn't really think about that. I mean, obviously, like there's things you got to worry about, like dehydration and like allergies if that's a factor. Right. Swallowing a bug. Yeah, vocalist swallowing a bug. Does that happen to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> if that would happen to anyone. It would happen to you. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. But no, but yeah, I mean, uh. No, I mean, I don't, I think like probably I, I pro, if it's like really hot, I'll probably be a lot more concerned with how much like water I'm drinking prior, but sure. yeah, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I feel like at, like at outside venues and festivals, I've seen a lot of live footage and stuff. Sometimes the sound quality is a little different. It's True. sometimes it, because, you know, you don't have acoustics. Mm -hmm. So that can be a factor, but that's like something that everyone going to a festival kind of knows and expects. Like I've never seen like a band I like play at Warp Tour where it sounded a little airy and then been like, oh, this band was bad live. Right. Because like we know, especially when you're in a band, you know what effects like a PA and a microphone have on vocals and like what you know what vocals sound like raw and what 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 they're what it sounds like when it's being amplified. So you don't really judge that kind of stuff. And I don't think a lot of people do because you know when you're in the moment, you're not being most fans who go to see each other being overly critical of stuff like that when they're they're enjoying the music you know no very true and you brought up you know bands playing a warp tour we talked about you know under oath being such a big band for you guys is there anyone specifically that you're looking forward to because i too will be at the mansfield date of warp tour and i have you know specific people i'm going to be seeing you again there are a few other you know people that have been on the show that i'm really looking forward to is there anyone that you guys are really looking forward to seeing um personally um the first one that comes off the top of my head is just motionless and white ah sure and that, for a lot of reasons um they used to play locally up here in vermont where i live <laughs> a lot before they were signed and i remember actually like they were on the ernie ball stage before they were on a label back in the day when i saw them at the mansfield warp tour back and they used to and i i used to know chris their singer like slightly like we weren't like really tight, but you know, you know, he knew me or recognized me, you know, if I saw him, you know, if I saw him and uh, right. they were, I loved them back in the day. I remember getting like their old EP and oh, yeah. it's kind of crazy to come full circle now we're playing with them on it in kind of the same position they were in back then. But that band has like always been flawless live, no matter where I've seen them or in like, like that band's been just consistent their entire career, in my opinion. And like, I never expect to be let down by them. And I've always liked them. You know, their sound has changed a little bit here and there, mm -hmm. but like they, they've never released an album that I didn't like, like, you know, it's like, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, but that's probably one. And I'd probably say a close second would be Dayseeker, sure. which is a band that we actually, their vocalist Rory Rodriguez was actually on our track, Euthanasia on our EP. Oh yeah. And they're phenomenal. And they're, they're, they're that band that I think is going to be one of the next breakout bands that I'm actually very surprised that they haven't blown up already with just how talented they are. But uh, that's definitely a band that I haven't seen that I just I would love to see play live. So I'm going to definitely try to catch their say and motionless is it. But the schedules at Warped Tour are like a shit show. So you never know if that's even going to work. <laughs> As Rory was said, he was going to come do his, you know, his guest spot with us live. But I mean, who knows if that'll even happen? Like, you know, if he's doing an interview or if like they're playing the same time, shit overlaps. But yeah, that's that's me at least. Yeah, it's def he's still only for Dayseeker. I'm definitely looking forward to them because I haven't had the chance to see them. Oh, okay. uh, I remember one probably sent a sale. I had I missed their set back, and I want to say like 2016, 2015, because I was watching the World Alive. 
So they're definitely my number one because if I can catch anything from still searching live, I'll absolutely take that chance. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I will definitely watch Census Fail if I can. Census Fail is one of those bands though that I've seen so many times live because like I've been following them for so long that like if I miss them, I know that I won't feel like I like really got like fleeced because I've I've been I probably I feel like Census Fail is probably in a handful of bands that I've seen at least 10 times and i've seen them through their career and gotten to see almost every song i've ever wanted to but i like forgot they just jumped on i believe so i like actually you actually totally reminded me i spaced they were on it yeah they were started what like they started i think like two weeks ago maybe yeah so yeah 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 i know one band that i obviously would have really liked to have seen again was the used but they're not playing our date i think Ocean's Eight will last about a day though that i did not know i want to say that if i remember correctly yeah, you know, you use one of my favorites too. Absolutely, dude. They're awesome. Yeah, I saw Ocean's Eight Alaska at once Somerville, and they oh. were awesome there. Oh, absolutely. They always put on a good show, man. I drove in Maine. That's all I'm like locked on the entire set. That'll <laughs> be with August Burns Red plays. Like, I'm not a big bands band guy. Like, I don't particularly watch bands for the instrumental specifically okay. but like red, i like to stare at the drummer like when they play <laughs> all right everyone i might have put the i might have put the technical difficulty song on there for a second because we were having a little issue with you know, weird phone sounds. And then whenever I was in agreement or, you know, said something while the guys were talking, their audio sounded very underwater, as I'm sure you could tell. So I'm going to try and hold back from doing that for the rest of the time because it's just the way things work sometimes. So we'll work through it. Tyler and Chase, thank you so much for dealing with that, obviously. You know what? We'll go back to Warp Tour because obviously there's more we can talk about. But let's go on and actually talk about your band because that's what we should be doing. Saving Vice. <laughs> I got to see and you no, guys. No one to hear that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I got to tell everyone, I saw you guys live for the first time at Middle East Upstairs, actually almost a week ago exactly, and you guys killed it. You did a really, really great job, and it's a small, hot venue and you guys just had the crowd going. So I wanted to congratulate you on that. Uh, thank, thank you so thanks. much, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, that. It was hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get like, I thought my, my fucking, I thought my microphone was going to fly out of my hand. My palms were so sweaty. Mine like, did fly out of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you were in the pit while you were singing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very true. And I thought that was very cool when you were able to do that. You got the whole crowd involved. And I did, I got to ask, because I was looking at Tyler's Twitter, and I went over, you know, I, I talked to you guys briefly, but I didn't introduce myself as, you know, Ian hates, because I don't normally do that. But I picked up some merch, and I saw on Tyler's Twitter that you were talking to some, like, redneck hipster, you said, who was grilling you. What was he grilling you on? Oh, I don't know. He was just, I, I just like got that vibe. I, it was kind of, it was some dude with just like, you know, he had the whole like bicycle hipster mullet handlebar mustache chugging PBRs thing going on. And he was just like in the back, 
like I just I got bullied and made fun of enough when I was in high school to know when someone's talking shit just by how they're looking at me and how they're talking. Uh-huh. And I just like honestly, and I could just see him like kind of like like looking and like just like yeah, just smirking and whatever. And it was just very I just I don't know I found it amazing. I don't know, I was just like cocky, dirty eye. Yeah, the bar. yeah, yeah. And I was just, I could just see, and I was, it was kind of one of those like, why are you even here? Like, you like, he just looked like irritated by every band playing, and I was just like, it was kind of, I don't know. I don't, I just, it was just, it was just obnoxious, and then it was, uh, I, I kind of stuff always bothered me though, you know, coming from that. It's like, I've always been very objective about music, or I've tried to be. You know, I've definitely had a. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. There was definitely a time where I used to, you know, I, you know, I used to shit talk bands and it like, and being in the industry, I'm in my last band and I met so many bands and met so many musicians. I met a lot of bands who I like hated their music, but they were just really awesome dudes. And, you know, you realize that they're just doing what they're doing with, you know, what they love. Sometimes they're just doing what their label made them do. And like, I feel like when you get in that position as a musician, like you get dehumanized a little bit in people's eyes. Like they don't care like how you feel or what you think or whatever, you know, and you know, that's part of the selling your soul. You know what I mean? When you, when you join the industry, but I try to really actively not do that. And I try to, you know, make sure that if I don't like something, I make it very clear that it's just how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. That I'm not just like, Oh, that sucks. Like I, I think it sucks or I don't like it or that's not, you know, I don't think it's good or whatever. But like, I feel like there's just so many people who get a rise out of just like, shitting on other people and like being that guy who's just too cool for everything you know it's like oh they show up at a show just to like sit in the back and like you know stick their nose up at it and it's like i don't know like i just don't understand it seems really like not very productive it seems like a waste of time to me but you know that was kind of that was just me it kind of i don't know it rubbed me the wrong way i don't usually i try not to make tweets like that i try to stay pretty like neutral but you know sometimes do things get under your skin i feel like that's kind of like what twitter's for so <laughs> well I hate to tell you this, guys, but surprise, that was me. No shit. Yeah, no, it wasn't me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember you buying the merch, and I was going to be like, and who is that guy? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for a second, I was like, I was like, because like, that guy did not buy merch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, sorry, I couldn't help that. <laughs> I saw Tyler hastily put his wine down. He was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I figured this was going in a good direction. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would have been like, why weren't you in the pit? <laughs> well, I can tell you that for sure. I don't go in the pit anymore because I'm 6'5". And that's just no. not something that I tend to do. But I was joking. I don't go in the pit either. I actually, I'm pretty sure now that you say that, I know who you were. And I remember seeing you. You were like, you were like staged left up front, right? Absolutely. Yep. So, no, I do know who you were. No, I would, I, I, dude, I like never call, like, yeah, you know, you always get those people who are like, you know, the people like will not do anything and they're sitting in their backs, their arms crossed. But, you know, when I go to a show nowadays, I don't go in the pit anymore either. And I used to be that front row dude who was like hanging over the bow barricade, singing every word, breaking their neck. And like, but I got to a point now where like, I, I can't really, I go to like hear and, and like really like listen to bands and like I find that I hear everything better kind of standing in the back where I can hear all the sound. So I try to, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I try not to shit on people who like want to go to just like listen and enjoy the band. But yeah, obviously it's a little frustrating. Like if you're gonna pay to go to a show and you're gonna spend the entire time in the back with like your arms crossed with like no emotion whatsoever and like no movement, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, like, you know, get into it a little bit, you know, I would expect like, you know, that's like not really fun, but. I would never seriously call someone else because they didn't go in the pit. It's like, I don't do that either. Like, <laughs> No, right. And 
it's got to be it's it's very funny and interesting to hear the point of view of the artist who's up there, you know, working their ass off because you guys did a great job. Like that was besides on Spotify, that was the first time that I had heard you guys play and especially do it live. And you guys did such a great job. It's got to get in your heads a little bit. But maybe over time, that kind of just like it gets jaded out of you where you just kind of don't care anymore. But I guess or I would think that other musicians probably would give you that kind of advice. Like, hey, you're there for yourself to, you know, play your music, to enjoy yourself. And if the crowd doesn't get into it, that's just the way they are. I mean, that's not wrong. Absolutely. And like, there's a lot of fans that like, it's not their genre. There's a lot of people that come out to a show for one band. And that band will be a different subgenre, and no other subgenre will interest them. And that's okay. Like, they're just chilling in the back. It's still a crowd. They're still, as long as they're looking at us, still giving us the time of day. It's okay. Yeah, they're not outside smoking a cigarette. They're watching you. <laughs> and, you know, like, they could be headbanging smoking a cigarette, too. I don't care. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's funny you say that, too, because, in my opinion, when I try to look at, like, where saving vice was and how we got here Mm -hmm. i mean we always play we always say we always play every show like there's a thousand people there even if there's one and we always like we i find that like the worst thing you can do and i see other bands do it is like you know if the crowd disperses there's not a lot of people if the, the bands will let that affect their performance and their energy and how they act and like you know i've I've seen, you know, if I get that one person really hyping off their feet because we're giving them that energy, like that's worth it. Because every every connection, every fan and every relationship we've made was because we just went and then we gave it 100%. And like if we if we leave with one more person who just thought we killed it or like loved the set or had a great time, like that's not nothing. And uh, I feel like that's really what got us to where we are. Because when we first started out, like we didn't have good recordings. Uh, we didn't have like, you know, the music we have out now our live performance was what we sold ourselves with. And uh, so, and I think that that's something that like, I'll never forget. And I'll, you know, I, I hope that we're not a band that ever gets to that point where we're just like, where people are like, oh man, like they just don't even fucking move anymore. You know what I mean? I don't want to ever be that band. You know, we might get to that point where like, we're a little more fragile or like <laughs> maybe we're concentrating a little more on a performance, but like, you know, I, I think that says a lot about, you know, going and then just trying to like give the crowd a good time. And even if they don't want to have a good time, like, you know, those, that 30 minutes up there, however long is like, it's better than sex, man. It's like, it's like a, you know, I don't, and I don't fuck that up for anything. So it's like, when I go up there, I go out and I just like cut loose. And if they don't like the people don't like it, I still have like the time of my life. So that's the way I see it. Cause you know, when this band started out, like we were playing dive bars, you know, with like 10 people there who are, not even facing the stage you know and we didn't care exactly you can't jam to your own music and like feel the emotion of your own music then what are you making it for gonna be able to move to it yeah for sure exactly and i gotta say right there is exactly what i wanted to hear because that's what sold me was seeing the dynamics between you two and the rest of the band because you're a six-piece band but you guys are dual vocalists that don't play instruments live. Now, we'll get to more about, you know, the background of the band and, you know, who does what and everything. But for seeing you live, you guys are doing vocals only. So you have a lot of energy and you guys play off of each other very, very well. So that's something that you don't see as often 
nowadays. You have I Prevail, you have Dance Gavin Dance, and there are a few others. But most of the time, if you're doing dual vocals, one person is you know standalone lead vocalist, and then you have a guitarist or a bassist, maybe a drummer, that is doing possibly the unclean vocals or the clean vocals. You two are doing pretty much both you know, at different times. And that dynamic is really something to see live. So that it's funny you mentioned that. So like when I first joined the band, so I'm not, and that's not to discredit two vocalist bands. I've never been like a huge fan of dual vocal bands. Like I love Icy Stars. You know, I love them now. I love them when they had two vocalists. Um, I like, you know, some We Came As Romans, you know, Dance Gavin Dance is obviously like the two vocalist band, if you, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I really like, in my opinion, was like, so I, my old band, I did all the vocals. So I did everything because like I was always the most impressed by that because like what you just said is true in a lot of cases. Like I'd always find that like you you'd go see a two vocals band and like one guy's like not doing anything half the set or or like one or they start to change their sound and suddenly the dude who was just screaming starts singing and then all of a sudden he sings better than the guy who was doing cleans. And they're like, why is the other guy even there? And I was like, and I was not a big fan of two vocalist bands because I feel like it puts you in a pocket where you can't break through a certain tier. Like you get kind of, you cap out because you don't have that like star power. And I was like, okay, if we're going to, if I'm going to join a band as like, cause I got, I joined the band as the clean vocalist, but I was like, if we're going to do this, like we need to make it so that people leave our show, not, and no one can be like, oh, one guy could have done all that. And that's what I wanted. So that was how we wrote the songs. I wanted it to be so visceral and, you know, overlapping with the energy and the going back and forth. And, you know, I'm screaming and singing and like we play off each other. And uh, I wanted it to really, you know, have that, you know, when you see like, or if you see like, you know, pop stars or hip hop artists, when they have like two guys going up and they're playing off each other, like, you know, no one ever cares about that, but if there's a stigma with it with metalcore. And um, I wanted to really bring that energy. Like, you know, it's like, you're not singing, like, you're getting the crowd going or you're like, you're jumping around and bouncing around or you're layering over each other to give that, you know, a lot of times you don't get the same sound on recordings that you get live because there are like layers and stacks and harmonies and stuff like that. And, you know, we can make that sound live. And I feel like that's part of why we sound big is because, you know, we complement each other. And I, it was really important for it to be taken seriously, I guess that we made it work. And it's kind of cool that you say that because that was like one of our biggest goals. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> what Tyler said is really true. There's a huge stigmatism against it and metalcore and just like, I guess, metal as a whole. Um, but I've always been a fan of, of dual vocalist bands. I think what just like makes the difference is like selling, selling that and like people not realizing there's a lot more potential just because you have uh, two vocalists. It leaves a lot of room for you to venture into areas you wouldn't be able to do with only one. And that's something we definitely want to tap into and continue tapping into. So yeah. I feel like that's the only way to make it work. Right. Sorry. So just so everyone knows, it is killing me that I can't be agreeing and, you know, jumping in here. So I'm waiting until Tyler and Chase are done with what they're saying. But you guys are you guys are encapsulating everything perfectly because I'm really glad that you brought up the stigma of having dual vocalists because it's exactly the area that I was going to go into as well. And I get it, but I also understand that you guys are able to pull things together differently. What I really enjoyed was that back and forth. And I don't know 
you know, technically in music, if you can say harmonization of unclean vocals, but that is something that you guys do and can do as well as throwing in the clean vocals there. So I think you bring in extra dynamic that even some of those other dual vocalist bands can't or don't. Yeah, that's definitely something we've uh, tried to achieve, trying to like break into new things. Like we like to incorporate things from like older metalcore into current metalcore and like what whatever is next. So if there's something we like think that's unique about our vocals, we try to add that and make it blend with whatever is best. Yeah, like, you know, I might have, uh, you know, we're writing some cool stuff now. Um, we had some older stuff that we played live before, you know, we had parts where like, you know, maybe I was singing and Chase was like almost doing like spoken word, like yelling. It almost sounded like rapping a little bit, like over me singing in the background. Like a lot like of that. spew and dance gap and dance out of your kid. <laughs> one thing I've noticed too is like, you know, and even the best metalcore bands, a lot of them live have to cheese a lot of their shit they do live. And, you know, and, and it's not, it's just because, you know, with all the production to make it sound big, you know, like you're going to have that vocalist who's singing and screaming and doing everything and something gets missed or he has to, you know, it's like, you can't hit every note and do every line. You have to sing some of the screaming parts. And the way I was thinking, it was like, if we have two vocalists, we can sound like the recordings. Cause we have, we each have like, and um, another thing too, that I liked about it was I missed the energy and like that rock star power of doing all the vocals but I noticed that I was able to focus a lot more on my singing live when I wasn't so when moving around because like I wasn't so conscious about like saving all my energy so I could hit every note and hit all the screaming parts and do everything. So I felt like dividing it up. One of the advantages was to like have like, you know, not have to put as much energy and strain into both. And I feel like if you're going to, if we're going to have two people, we might as well make it, you know, like, it's got to sound good because otherwise people are going to be like, oh, well, like, why even bother having two vocalists if, like, they're doing each doing half the work? So it's like, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, like, the way we do that live is, like, he has that worry about, like, you know, having to hold up those harmonies and everything. But when he comes in with his lines and everything, even when I don't have to worry about that, I'll be, like, interacting with the crowd. Like, in time, like, he's doing something. I really enjoy having time to, like, get more personal with the crowd. I feel like that's a chance to, like, hype everybody up more. And also, and you guys have great points, whose idea was it also for Chase? You're also bringing in almost like deathcore style wailing into your vocal range as well. Whose choice? And that's a lot different than you hear in a quote unquote metalcore band. So whose idea was that? Well, I mean, ever since I joined the band, I've always loved, been in love with like high screams. And I always like been disappointed by the lack of them that I see in metalcore. Um, so it's always been like, I won't say a dream, but a goal of mine to incorporate that into the music I make. And I've always been in love with the way that bands can incorporate the really heavy side and the really um, light side. Um, so I was, well, it's like Chase, yeah. Chase always kind of screamed like that. Like that was like his style and it was, he could do other stuff, but I think it was a matter of like, a lot of bands, I feel like they feel like you need to do one or the other. And a lot of bands, they slowly like get out of this phase where they like get to like they get to one tone. And, you know, I know it sounds weird because I feel like a lot of people don't think of metalcore as a genre that this much thought goes into. But like I felt like, you know, there's a lot of people who like they want to hear that. But then there's a lot of people who want to hear it, but they don't want to just hear that. 
like I'm the kind of person where I like deathcore and I used to be a lot more into it, but like, I can't sit through a lot of like deathcore albums from start to finish anymore because it's like too much of just that one thing. And I felt like having them both together, you can get that like old bring me the horizon vibe, but then you can immediately get that like reprieve of like a catchy kind of radio chorus. And it's like all, and it's not something that I felt like should have worked, but somehow it did. And kind of just ran with it. The variety, they just like clash really well. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that's what really struck me about, you know, besides hearing the band already, but then seeing you guys live, it is something where you're putting everything into what you're doing. And I think that's what works so well. So let's go into recording because obviously you have your debut EP, Colder Than Dark, that came out in May. So this is pretty damn recently. Oh, yeah. When you guys were recording everything, how did you get together and decide on how you guys were going to work off of each other? Well, we had it all written out before we went in. Oh, wow. So obviously, once you get to the studio, things change and tweak. Like, I mean, for example, hell here, the chorus, we were literally like putting our shoes on to leave the hotel to go to the studio. (laughs) And Zach was like, I don't like the chorus to hell here. And I literally like walked over to the bed and just like slam poemed and rewrote the chorus and then went and recorded it. And that's literally the chorus that's there now. I just, it was on the drive up actually. Well, I wrote the lyrics. I, 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 I played with the lyrics, but it was like, I actually wrote that melody and everything like on the spot right before we went there. Yeah. And I like was going to just try it and I figured, oh, okay, we'll trial and error it. And it just kind of worked. It's easily one of my favorite choruses. Off. Yeah. It, it literally came like, I, there was a whole different chorus that was there and um, it had a lot of the same lyrics, but it was, it was just different. The whole style was melodically different and everything. The melody that he has now is definitely superior. Yeah, yeah. No, it's one of my favorites now. But I mean, so you expect changes like that. But we, we, when we, me and Chase write together, we plan all that out all the way. We plan exactly like, oh, here we're going to layer our stuff or here we might layer it or no. And here I want you to do this line. I'm going to do this line. We go back and forth. Then we both do this. Like we calculate that all out before we're even in the studio. And then we kind of fine tune things and tweak things as we go. So, you know, there might be a time where like one of the guys in the band is like, oh, like do a do a low scream or Tyler sing that line instead or something like that. But yeah, for the most part, we we that's just we write that way when we structure the songs together lyrically. Yeah, but usually they get like 92 percent done before we answer. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty damn impressive. All right, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but I did want to mention, for anyone that doesn't know, Hell Here is what you decided to do your brand new music video on. Was that because you had some special connection to that track of why you wanted to do a music video for it? Well, so I I, I kind of missed what you said, but yeah, the, yeah so the video came out yesterday. Um, we So the, it's weirdly enough, that was the one song that was actually an old song that we kept we had some older music and we scrapped all of it yeah it survived since like original saving by since um i was the at one point the only vocalist in the band that was still a spawn at that point yeah it survived at least two or three like revisions and like yeah being rewritten two or three times at this point so that one so we were playing shows with some other material like last so basically we started i joined the band 
in like October ish of like 2016, we wrote, we wrote some songs. We had another little like EP that we played off of. We started playing shows last March mm-hmm. and then we played through the summer and then right around after we played with Devil Wears Prada last July, it'll be a year this Saturday since we that. Um, we have like a little, we decided that things were getting like, we were growing a lot and we weren't just happy with the music anymore. And we wanted to kind of just start fresh. So we literally scrapped it all. We played one last show. We played all those songs one more time for all our friends and our fans and stuff. And then we kind of took like six months off and we wrote, the, and we, and we had had other material that we had been writing anyways for like the next ep or album anyways so we wrote the new ep but that was the one song that we were like you know like like we didn't want to let it go but it needed some it needed some work so we rewrote some of the instrumentals were rewritten and changed and revised and like we rewrote some of the vocals but that was actually like the one song that survived and weirdly enough it was the oldest song but like it's like everyone's favorite oh, yeah. even some of all even it's, it's Kind of one of my favorites too. Intro still hypes me up. Every yeah, time like I just I love it. Yeah, like it, you know the the meaning behind it is really cool to, too, and like um in my eyes. But yeah, that we it was really uh it was just it just every we always opened with it, and every time we opened with it, you know everyone could be sitting down on their phones, and the second that song came on, the whole crowd was like eyes up and like jumping around. So it was I don't know. I, I want to say like it was like it was a really specific reason that we chose that song. I just really we realized how well received it always was, and I felt like it just deserved the spotlight. Yeah, we guessed right. It's definitely one of the like the favorites off our EP that we that we see now. So to have it now be so liked and have a music video ready is awesome. Yeah, no, everything came out really really well. I know people very much enjoy it, and yeah, of course when I heard that track live, I was like, fuck yeah. This is great. So (laughs) makes total sense. Now, let me ask you about the track Exhale then, because also you have a lot of merch that has that kind of design on it. That's like a standalone single. Was that left over from the tracks you were talking about before? That was meant to be kind of like, here, uh, hold on to this, guys. This will hold you over until we have something more to bring you. We we want to release a song that lets people know, hey, we're here. Don't worry, we're still going to be coming back with more stuff. But something that also reaches like a really broad audience, because that's obviously um, our least heavy song, or most our song with the most clean vocals. So we wanted to be able to reach as many fans uh, at first, let them know, like you know, what's coming. Yeah, like we want it. It originally was going to be on the EP, but by the time we had gotten to the EP, we had. We had recorded it with Shane Frisbee, who's like a great producer. Um, well, that was a really fun experience, actually. You know, going to like like that studio and everything. And um, we were gonna, we didn't want to re-record it. You know, we were happy with the way it was, so we decided to kind of just leave it as a single. But it, it was, um, we were kind of experimenting at the time when we wrote that song with like expanding our range. We really wanted to show people that we could do every end of the spectrum in our genre and that song was kind of like obviously the more clean a song is the more accessible it is you know labels always make you do that song you know that's always the song they're going to make you put out and it did have that effect and the song does it did have a lot of meaning behind it lyrically it's, it was a really personal song for me that i wrote in a really bad place and um i do love that song um obviously like 
it, like any person in a band can relate to. I'm a little sick of it now, but I, I like when I, but the crowd always loves it and it gets me more. It gets, it reminds me how much I love it once everyone's gets into it. It's her sing along song. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it's one of those songs that literally it makes the song for me if the crowd's like really into it. But uh, yeah, it was like we were trying to just kind of show like where we could go with it. And we weren't really sure what overall direction our sound was going to take. We had a lot of different songs and, um, it would, would have been like the soft song on the album, but it turned out to just kind of, we kind of left it alone as its own single, but, um, it doesn't, I don't want to think it takes away from it at all, but yeah, it was kind of, we, it was our, like, we were stretching our like more post hardcore old Seosin yeah. under oath, the used kind of like legs with that one. And obviously like, and I wanted to kind of see how light we could go and still incorporate the dual vocal thing. You know what I mean? To see, it was, it was almost like experimental which was it was really cool and I'm, I'm really happy with it to this day you know i think it'll be like a i hope it's a song that we like always bring back into set list no matter how long we're a band you know yeah. right yeah that makes total sense now you mentioned a couple times since we've started talking about labels and since you are an independent band is that something that you're looking for or are you good being a diy band at this time um well as an independent band we're definitely we don't want to like settle like we don't want to settle for anything that's just like thrown at us first um we want to explore options like uh we're happy with where we're at right now uh selling our own merch and doing all that i think when we're comfortable accepting an offer is when we're going to do it but not until we're like actually ready and think we want to yeah yeah it's 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 tricky because we we have we're really lucky to have the people that we have in this band where we've been able to DIY this whole thing. Yeah. So like, I mean, you know, we built, you know, Cody built our risers, you know, Zach books our shows. Robbie does, Robbie designs like 90% of our merch and our websites. And like Robbie, like writes a ton of the music and like everyone's like writes and, you know, we do our, you know, Chase House runs merch. And like, we, we, we all kind of put this together and, and we've kind of proved to ourselves that like, we can do all this on our own to a degree, but there is always that fear of like, it's going to get to a point where like, you can't do it on your own forever because you don't have that backing, but it's kind of a scary time because you see so many bands who are just dropping off labels. And like, you see bands who are like, you know, saying about, you hear all the negatives, right. And you know that there's so many bands that are especially young that think like getting signed is like your ticket, your like golden ticket. And it's not always you know, like there's an illusion there that like, oh, if you're signed, like you're suddenly legit and like you can be signed and you can be miserable and broke. You can be signed and write dog shit music. Like it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean like being a label does not validate your music or your band. And and that's a stigma that I we feel really passionate about because it's like, you know, I there's a, so many bands we played with that are locals from New England that you could throw one of their tracks on a playlist with like. 10 signed bands and you'd never listen to them and think, Oh, that band's not signed. Cause a lot of kids will literally like only listen to a band because there's a label behind them. And I feel like that's why so many bands like want to get signed so bad and take the first offer that comes their way because they really think like, Oh, being signed means like we're something now. And like, yeah, like they're going to get you more shows, better shows and they'll pay for your album, but they're also going to take a bunch of your profits too. And it's like, we want to, I guess we kind of wanted to see like, how far can we go doing this on our own? You know, if a label comes along that really wants to work with us and has the same vision as us and like wants to help us and isn't trying to screw us over, like 
I have nothing against labels. Like, you know, we are open to it. We're obviously shopping and that kind of thing, but it doesn't, it's not like that defines who you are. And like the music industry has changed so much now where like, especially with just like the economy and like you have like social media algorithms and basically the odds are completely stacked against you, especially in this genre from like day one now in the music scene. So it's like, you got to really be careful about, you know, who you sign your life over to and, you know, like money and all of that stuff. And, you know, there are a lot of labels that really care about their bands and stuff like that. But, you know, there's a lot of bands out there and, you know, if you can do it yourself and if you can make it doing it on your own and like have your own business, like, it's hard to make a living doing it. And, you know, if you can do it, that's the dream, in my opinion, is to like be self-sufficient and to be like an independent man. But, you know, some, you know, eventually you might need that help, you know, and uh, it's just got to be the right time. And that's kind of like, it's, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been like, hell yeah, like, let's get signed because like things, you know, a lot of kids won't even go out to a show now unless they already know who the band is, you know, like touring, even touring at this level, like, isn't what it used to be you know you go you if you don't have a draw already you might not see more than 10 people at a show like on the tour even if you had a good following online because like kids are a lot of kids are just hopping on bands that are already big like a lot of people you know don't go out just to find new music live because of like the internet and then social media is just set up especially like you know on facebook to just like throttle music and throttle like advertising you know I mean, my old band still has like 13,000 likes on the page and followers, and I could post a post on it tomorrow and it would reach two people because that's how it's set up. So it's very, it's just tricky because you got to really know what you're getting into. And like some man, you might have a good thing going, but like, you know, I don't think, I'm not trying to say we're above getting signed because like, obviously like that's ridiculous, a ridiculous thing to say, (laughs) but we're just trying to be really careful because things are going very well for us. And we don't want to make a mistake either. Yeah, I disagree with everything you said. Yeah, look, I was nodding along the entire time. So, yeah, you said everything exactly right. You have, it sounds like you guys have your heads on your shoulders and you know exactly what you want to do. So, yeah, I completely agree with everything you said there. So let's go back to the recording process because you said you had a great time recording. I also wanted to know how you both work well with the rest of the band. Do you guys normally do? <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to hide my laugh, and then he already like gave it away. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, continue the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see where this goes. But I was just wondering if it, if it meant. Can I refill my glass? <laughs> I was wondering, did it mean music first? And then lyrics, or did you guys all work together at the same time? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, no. Um, so, first of all, like, a lot of people don't realize this, but, like, half our band lives in Massachusetts and half of us live in Vermont. Right. So, I like, there's obviously how everybody writes personally, but, like, getting together to do anything is a commitment. Like, every time this band is rehearsed since we even wrote all the songs that we have out right now, it's been like a two to three hour drive for someone just to have a practice. Yeah. Every time we pre-prod, you know, we'd have to like plan it out and strategically. All of this has been done through a lot of time, a lot of stress and a lot of money and a lot of effort. Um, But as far as the writing process goes, for me, 
I, I write as it comes to me. I write lyrics like poems. Like if it comes to me, I just slam poem. I write it all out. I make it up as I go. And then, you know, we all have, you know, Zach will write a song. Cody will write a song. Robbie has songs. And we, we all send them out to each other. And then I basically take a song and then me and Chase kind of decide who wants to take the wheel on it. You know, if it's a song that maybe is more in my wheelhouse. Um, I wrote a lot of this EP. I I had I had a lot of stuff that already written that I had just been waiting to use. And this EP means a lot to me personally because there was a lot lyrically that I had been just sitting on that I never had an outlet to get out and like when I wasn't playing music. So like a lot of it was like we we me and Chase will write lyrics independently. And then when we get a song, we will kind of see what we want to, what, which lyrics we want to put to the song, what do you, what we think fit, make sure we can structure it and we work it in together and then we'll kind of co-write the rest of it. So Chase might have like a whole song written and I will add my piece or I'll have like the whole song written and then I'll be like, okay, here's what I have. What do you think? And then when we're done, we go and do pre-production and then we let the rest of the band kind of have their, you know, their two cents on like what they think of like it all together. And that that's how the ultimate product comes out. But I also, we found early on in the game that having too many cooks in the kitchen is just catastrophic. You know, <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, I feel like everybody wants to have their name and on their mark, but I, sometimes you kind of have to like step back and realize like, you know, to see like where the strong suits are and like, be like, okay, sweet. Like this is my song I wrote. Now you guys put your mark on it, like oh hey, like you know, add a lead to this, you know, something like that. You know, we don't and and kind of it, it's it's really random to be honest. You know, we never really know how it's gonna come out. We just kind of put the pieces together as they fit and make sure that they coalesce in the right way. Yeah, everybody gives their input on everything. Obviously, instrumentals have a little bit more input in their uh, wheelhouse. But me and Tyler definitely both have different writing styles when it comes to lyrics. Like, I definitely have stuff always on backup that I'm always writing that I have, like, not set to music or anything. But I'm, like, most efficient when I'm writing to a song that's already, like, been made. Um, I'm the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, everybody in this band has a, draws from different influences and has a different writing style. And I think that's why it works. Exactly. That's exactly why it works. Me and Tyler just, like, be, being able to live together we write a song and we can just fine tune it with each other and inserting our different influences and all our opinions like at the, at the kitchen table. And, and we've, the band has gotten really good at being objective about everything. We used to butt heads a lot, but like everyone's kind of learned who, especially going into it when we were new, like a lot of, it took a lot of convincing. I mean, like, 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 I mean, there are songs, even like our track run to you, there's parts in that song where like, I had to like strong arm the band to letting me do it because like they didn't, you know, it's like I might hear an idea in my head and I already know how it's going to sound when we leave the studio, when we actually record it. But like dry and on paper, they're like, that sounds lame. And I'm like, no, but you got to like hear it, the final product. And like, you know, we've gotten really good at trusting each other to just do what we're good at. And, you know, where Chase writes to the music, I can't write to a song. I need to like I need to write my lyrics and my structures outside the box when they come to me because if I try to force write and just write to it it comes out artificial and like too cookie cutter it's like I'm writing to the music and to the pattern which obviously is good but then it sounds like forced and repetitive where like I'll write something I'll have a melody in my mind and almost every chorus on the EP I wrote the chorus without the song 
in that melody and I made the melody work with the right songs instrumentals and I feel like that's how you get better songs is by you think out you write outside the box and then put it back but then the cool thing about it is when you add that with Chase's style you get like two halves of the whole and it's like it comes together perfectly and it's that's where another time where like the dual vocal thing kind of worked out in a way I never realized it would Chase then is that something where like you're the first person done with everything you're doing and then you're kind of waiting on Tyler to you know kind of get everything together then based on what you've already done not really I tend to um like overanalyze my lyrics I look through them like a million times make sure that like I can go through them and uh, like I will definitely look at my lyrics sometimes and cringe and be like, I don't like that. Yeah. So I definitely like to overanalyze and make sure I am content with everything that, that I present. Being taught, I would say Tyler is uh, a little, maybe a little bit faster worker, but all in all, we're, um, we're pretty like even on speed. I would say it's just all in the matter of fine tuning that comes together. Cause if we're not happy, we'll spend like a week on one part. We did that a lot on the EP. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean, absolutely. There's, there's a lot a, of late nights. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was a part where it was like one line in a song, and I was like, I had like a plastic bag over my head because I was just like so stressed out because I couldn't get it right. You know, we'll, we're and we're so critical of like not so much critical of other bands and what they do, but like we, like I go into we go into everything and like you know I it's different because like I've been in the I've. I'm older than Chase. I've been doing it for a lot longer. So like it's complimented each other because he's given me like a perspective on some things where maybe I don't see it on maybe some newer stuff, but I've seen the trial and error of so many bands with like what they've done and what hasn't worked. And I've seen like, Oh, like that phrase has been used in like 10,000 songs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or, Oh, Hey, we already use that exact same word in this track right. let's find like synonym like honestly the dictionary app is like my favorite thing on my phone we have a word of the day app it's our best friend yeah <laughs> the sources are like the coolest thing ever like it's uh like i really like to i want to make we want to make our stuff meaningful and unique and impactful and like i really wanted every i don't want every any line or anything on any of our songs to sound like filler and mm. so we we were really like over analytical about that. And but when it comes to writing, you know, the other just the other day, we're writing for our full length right now. And like I had a like really fucked up nightmare and I woke up and I wrote like an entire song, like oh. a slam poem. And I just wrote about the dream. And that's how I write. I can't sit. If you were like, hey, Tyler, write like I can't sit and make myself write. I need to be feeling it. I need to be upset about it or passionate about it or angry about it. If I'm not like feeling it then the lyrics are forced and contrived and I don't want that ever because that's my, that's the thing that pisses me off when I hear other bands. And I feel like that's like, that's, that is one of the reasons there's such a stigma with our genre is because there's so much cookie cutter, like repetitive, like, you know, bullshit. Like you, 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 you know, and there's a lot of really great metalcore bands, but there's a lot of bands where you're hearing them, like you hear them for 30 seconds and you know exactly what band they were listening to when they wrote the song. Right. Or exactly like what they were trying to do and exactly who they were trying to like rip off. And I don't ever, I don't want that. You know, you hear elements of music that we all listen to in our songs. I'm not going to say we're above like taking cues from our favorite artists, but like I, I, I would hope that anything we do can stand apart as its own sound. And that's what I want. I don't want like, cause I know the stigma with our genre mm-hmm. and I want it to do everything we can to stand outside of that as possible. 
All right, guys. So not only am I talking to Tyler and Chase, but I'm also talking to everyone out there listening in the audience right now. So I would normally go off of a lot of what Tyler and Chase were saying because I'm loving what they're saying and this is a lot of fun. But this technical issue that we're having any time that I speak, I can't hear them and the recorder doesn't hear them. And then anytime they speak, it just gets completely cut off if we're both talking at the same time. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to make this part one of our talk with Saving Vice. And we're hopefully going to get together live at Warp Tour because they're going to be playing the Mansfield date of Warp Tour on Friday, July 27th. They are also going to be at I Matter Fest. I believe that's August 12th. And that's in New York. I think that's a Sunday. And then, like I mentioned before, their EP, Colder Than Dark, as well as the brand new video for Hell Here are out right now. And I am a huge fan of what they've done throughout that EP, what they do when they're doing it live, and just them in general, because this was actually a really fun conversation. And I'm looking forward to continuing it. So, Tyler, Chase, I just did the whole rundown. But what can people do right now to support you? I mean, honestly, stream the shit out of our music. Tell you, you know, if you like it, tell the next person you know who you think might like it that they should check it out. I mean, it's word of mouth, especially the way social media is nowadays. Like, word of mouth is paramount. Yeah, absolutely. Just tell your friends, tell your family. Your mom probably won't like us, but that's okay. A lot of moms like us. <laughs> Our mom that doesn't count. <laughs> and, and if you guys like us enough, uh, pick us up, uh, pick up some merch from our merch store or from a merch table. Come see us. Yeah, come hang out. We'll give you a hug. Unless you don't <laughs> want to be hugged, we won't hug you. <laughs> and by the way, we will have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can get links to your merch store, follow you on Twitter, Facebook, you know, tour dates, all that kind of stuff. But by the way, if anyone doesn't have a shirt that says a lot of moms love us, that should be the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we'll call it for tonight, part one, but I am definitely looking forward to part two. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. As you know, I'm a very big fan, so this was awesome. So I hope you guys have a great night, and I'll see you at Warp Tour. Dude, you too, man. Thanks for having us. Dude, thank you so much, man. We love you too. We're a fan. Can't wait to see you, dude. Yeah.
And I am back. The last song you heard was Euthanasia, featuring Rory of Dayseeker from the EP Colder Than Dark. Make sure you pick that up right now. Very enjoyable conversation, but I'm sure you heard what I was talking about with the cutoff whenever I started talking. The guys are great, though, and that's why we're doing a part two. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so a big thank you to Tyler and Chase for coming on the show and doing so well. Make sure you check out all the links in the description of the episode to support these guys. I'm a big fan of all they do. Also, come join us at Warp Tour and make sure to check out I Matter as well. Thanks also to James for helping set all of this up. Much appreciated. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the other links in the description of the episode to support me, Ian Hates. We'll end part one with the track Hell Here, which has the brand new music video that you can see on their website. Thanks again to Saving Vice, and I'll leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.
see through the cracks in my shell I don't know how they did it See that I was trapped in myself Yeah, 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 yeah.